Welcome to the MLM.com podcast. I'm Nancy Tobler, your host. Today we have Matt Layton from Legal Shield. Matt is a business strategist who works with entrepreneurial minded optimists who are searching for a vehicle and the techniques to help them reach their full potential. He is currently the vice president of business insights at Legal Shield. He is a student of continuous improvement. He studies and teaches the importance of creating habits and how consistent activity creates success. Plan, do, check, adapt. He's a 20-year veteran of the direct selling and multi-level marketing industry. Matt is well-versed in sales and business building strategies, having focused intently on data analytics in order to inform and implement productivity tactics, Salesforce motivation, and personal development. In addition to his direct selling experience, Matt advises startups on using data to create actionable intelligence and is also very engaged in the business startup and development community. Today, we talk about some of the changes that COVID has brought about to the industry, direct selling industry, and changes that happened at Legal Shield as a result of COVID. We talk about how Legal Shield distributors use Zoom and how they learned to use Zoom. We'll talk about how training distributors on Zoom is critical. And then he shares analytical information on how the use of Zoom improved distributors growth, which is fascinating. Okay, welcome. Today we have Matt Layton. How are you, Matt? I'm good. Thank you, Nancy, for having me. Great. Uh, Matt Layton, uh, we wanted to talk to you, uh, first of all, what you saw happening in the direct selling industry and at Legal Shield as a result of the pandemic, COVID. What's going on, do you think? Yeah, no, it was, it was really interesting. We saw some like interesting changes in both the selling patterns and the activity of our independent sales associates and really the usage of our, of our legal product. That may have been the, the number one thing that we saw that had the biggest impact on our business and kind of how the consumers responded to the, to the pan- pandemic. We really saw record usage of our legal service plans. And as you can imagine, with kind of the economy and the world shut down and everyone locked down at home, I you know, couldn't work, couldn't spend money, as you can imagine. Landlord-tenant issues, extremely high requests for service, record high requests for service, as a matter of fact. Employment-related matters, right? Folks not knowing if they could or should go to work, not knowing what their employers could or should require of them in protecting themselves from the, from the pandemic. Overall, on the provider network, we saw record usage across all areas of law, highest intakes ever, right? Because folks did realize that they had rights and they didn't know them. And in this time, you know, really unprecedented government lockdowns, government inter- intervention into our lives, it, of course, to make it better, right, for the benefit of everyone, keep us all safe. But there are still those, those questions is what can be required of me? Legal Shield was there at the right time and the right place to help all of our members ask those those questions, and they certainly did use it. And really, that led into the activities of our independent sales sales force. Right, as you can imagine, as unemployment spiked, you know, job creation dipped. Folks were looking for a way to they could stay at home, right, because they were basically required to. Nothing else was open. Unemployment was high. There wasn't. There was little to no job creations. 
we saw a tremendous surge in in recruiting into our marketing sales force that then led to larger numbers of membership sales that then fed into those folks that were using our services and calling our provider network to, you know, ask questions and make sure that their rights were protected. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Uh, Yeah, I thought it was very interesting. Uh, I read an article from from March, but back in March that you pointed out like business law. Uh, It's interesting that family law went up as well, right? Uh, Our relationships were under strain. I, I don't know if that's exactly why family law went up, but we're now trapped with each other 24 hours a day. Uh, can I divorce my children would have been my question, you know. Uh, yeah, hey, I, I'm certainly not going <laughs> to speculate as to the as to the reasons why, but absolutely, we did mid-2020 see that spike in family law-related re- issues, and really that's held true through today, right? So, right. You may be hitting on some of those exact things, right? It's like, I've been trapped with these folks for so long. You know, <laughs> do I do do I love and does my family love me as much as I thought, right? Oh, and or maybe, hey, huh. maybe some folks may have created some families during that during that time. Well, that uh, that also we, uh, a pure romance, something like I don't know, eight hundred percent increase. I was ridiculous. It was ridiculous mm-hmm. how well they did in April in twenty twenty. Yep. The, the, the first month of lockdown, uh, we only had one activity, I guess. Well, uh, and so- I would and I would and I would just add to that, right? <laughs> We're kind of laughing about it, but it, I'm in no way saying all these family law issues are negative, right? No, I mean, I right. 100% agree. There, there's some great, you know, positive family law type questions. Also, uh, state planning. Yeah. As yeah. as folks were being concerned about, you know, just how serious is this? Right. You know, will I potentially contract this disease and you know potentially pass away? We yeah. saw a, we saw a big spike and. You know, getting my wills done, getting my medical power of, of attorney, trust creations. Right. And again, all those benefits were already setting there for our, for our members. But, right. you know, activities out in the world piqued that interest and they knew they had that benefit and they called us to use it. Yeah. Well, I'll, to be quite honest with you, uh, I've never had a will. And I finally, my son said, I just told my son, he's a lawyer. I said, I just want you to split it. And he goes, Mom, you have to write that down. I can't. <laughs> He says, I'll take it all. You know I will. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's funny. Hey, <laughs> He's you, just kidding. You also brought up another interesting point, uh, business request right. for service. Um, we we did see a big spike in not only business AOLs, area log requests, but just basically small business creation type requests for service. Because, yeah. again, yeah. folks were at home. Unemployment was high. They either couldn't go to work or didn't have a job. So we did see a spike in job create or business creation requests for service. So folks were out there trying to start, start businesses, build businesses, and they were calling us significantly for those types of questions. Yeah. And I don't want, I don't mean to downplay the relationship issue. Uh, it was tricky. It was just tricky. I didn't have small children at home, but people who had small children at home and tried to work with children at home, I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they survived. Uh, that stress would have uh, put me through the roof, I think. Hey, that's one of the reasons I come to the office because <laughs> I, I can't get much, if any, work done at all. Uh, 
Okay, so I thought we should talk about Zoom. And in particular, I would love for you to give us some history on that because you are one of the first companies that I know of that started using Zoom, I, I think back like, I don't know, way early. Um, uh-huh. Maybe you can talk about how your distributors were using Zoom and then transfer into uh, what they started doing during COVID that saw such a spike for you. Well, our, and as you know, and it's probably a lot of network marketing, multi-level marketing companies' businesses. There's a there's a lot of face-to-face component, right? right. We historically we've had what we call business briefings every day of the week throughout North America and even into the United United Kingdom. So that was the majority of the way that our multi-level marketing sales force, you know, brought new prospects in exposed them to the business opportunity, exposed them to the membership, the benefits of the legal plan and the identity theft protection plan. All of this was face-to-face, face, face face, right? All right. of our distributors have a, a marketing website that they send folks to, but many times and most times, our entire business model was geared up around having these small business briefings during the, during the week, larger in person meetings during the during the weekends you know even bigger regional events quarterly national events you know twice a year so as you can you can imagine when all of those things began to say well you can't meet in person well first you know x feet away and then it's like well we can't we can't meet at all all of our business briefings were basically shut down immediately business briefings what we call super saturdays international conventions so we had been using Zoom just like for trainings or for different team calls and different organizations. So we were just set up, right, to just, okay, all of our business briefings are now going to be in Zoom. So we really didn't even miss a beat. It's just we moved from live in person to get on this Zoom Zoom call, right? So there wasn't a whole lot of new or different other than we changed the medium of delivery of our, of our message. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. I think, I think you hit on something, right? Uh, some other companies I know, direct selling companies, uh, struggled in that first, uh, I don't know, 10, 12, maybe even more weeks, uh, because their distributors weren't ready to use Zoom. They didn't know how to set it up. They didn't know what would be in their background. They didn't know uh, how to adjust the sound or let somebody into the room. They just didn't know any of those little pieces that your distributors already knew. Well, that and as elementary as it it sounds, a lot of our first, those Zoom presentations are what we call Zoom business briefings. That's exactly what what we did, right? It was basically, this is how you you use it. And then we you know, did a small piece on the opportunity and the memberships at the end. But it's oh, all so, about bringing folks along and teaching about what the new process is. So that was, so you did do some training early on sure. for your distributors, right? Oh, okay, great. And yeah. we just, and we just almost rolled it into the new distributor training, right? That right. just became a part of our, of our process because who knew how long this would, this, this would last, right? Right. We've just recently begun having more in-person meetings and we're yeah. starting to expand those now, but zoom remains a big piece of how we get our, get our message out. Yeah. I another- think, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to talk over you. I think no, we'll, so- I think we'll always have zoom now. I don't think we'll ever go back to just 
in person. Do you? No, I don't. I think it's it's and instead of right, and. instead of or right. Right. It, it right. was all in person before, and I, I'll tell you, in internally, we believed that in person was was better. We kind of right. shied away from moving fully to Zoom at least before all of this occurred, because that's really what we've always done, and it's been successful. I think since the pandemic, we've proven to ourselves that Zoom can be a a positive, a productive piece of the business. And I think that's one of the ways that we were able to create adoption with our distributors because, again, I have a heavy focus on data and analytics right? and how we can use our data to create actual intelligence to help move the business forward. And we would constantly beat out the drum, right, because we keep, keep stats on kind of who shows up on Zooms, who participates, who, who, who doesn't. Early on, we were able to create data that says the distributor who participates on Zooms is four times more productive organizationally making membership sales than someone who does right? Wow. They recruited, wow, they recruited two times. Yeah, they recruited two times more new distributors than a distributor who did not participate in our Zooms. So you can imagine you've got a piece of data that proves it, right? So it's just it's just not us saying we want you on a on a Zoom. No, we're saying the data tells us that you're four times more, you sell four times more memberships, and you recruit two times more new distributors if you participate in the in the Zoom meetings that we are presenting to you. Wow. So so that's that a, tells the story, right? That's right. easy then. Yeah. That well, that's fascinating, right? Because. That that speaks to the power of your trainings, not just that they were on Zoom. Now you can track them, but uh, it that's a that's a, it's an incredible plus for you to see that kind of data. But I think it also it, the more we use a platform, the more likely we are to be comfortable with it. They've got to be more comfortable, right? The more you see it, the more you go, "Oh, I can do this. I could do that." The, the office does that. We can do that, right? So, yeah, that's great. Now, Zooms can certainly be intimidating for the first-time user, right? right. Like, how do I turn the camera on and off? Can they can they hear me? Am I going to say something stupid? Yeah. Uh, yeah, all of that stuff, you've got to get it out of the way. And right. Again, that's just about consistent act, act activity, right? The right. more Zooms you get on, the more comfortable you are. And then it's, you know, the same or it may be even better than an in, in, in-person meeting. But I just always go back to, I don't want the distributors to think that we're just telling them what to do. Right. I like to show them that right. what they're doing is going to be good for their business. Right. And as soon as we could start showing those product productivity stats, it, it was a, it was a no, no brainer at that point. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, I had no idea that you had that data. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, way to go. Uh, way to track yeah. something. I'm big onto numbers myself. Uh, I love to know. We, p- people will tell you one thing, and I'm not going to be house here and say everybody lies, but people don't always see their own behavior uh, mm-hmm. as clearly as the numbers do. <laughs> uh, and I, yeah, well, as, I, mean, I say it's as, it's in the numbers, people. I can't I can't tell you any different than that. And hey, I mean, great. I mean, what do they say? Stories are stories are are great, but show show me the data, right? right? I mean, I want to believe everyone, but if I show you the numbers, you don't have to believe me, right? Because I'm just pre- presenting the the data. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm, I think that's really, uh, really powerful. Did you see any other increases in technology by your distributors? Yeah, so we also have, it's kind of a, I call it a CRM tool on steroids, right? So we call okay. it prospect by legal legal shield. So it's really when you when you meet a new prospect or you talk to someone for the first time about either the opportunity or the or the membership, you can enter that person's name and information into a into a database and then you can select you know, email text messages that go out, go out to them. It's kind of like a drip campaign. Right. Sure. And, um, we have, we have similar stats on that, right? So when you, when you plugged into the, to the zoom, you brought your new, new prospect to the zoom meeting, talked about the opportunity, talked about the membership, you know, ended right. Say you say you didn't close the sale on Zoom. you use our tool prospect by, by legal shield enter their information in and you've got a constant stream of conversation with that individual similar to the to the zoom right folks that used our prospect by legal shield digital tool you know they recruited eight times more distributors wow. and their sales were three times higher wow that's fantastic yeah that and again hey I, i'm i'm a i'm a data geek right, right. so i can talk about this stuff all day <laughs> all day long but i think it shows it shows the power that these digital tools can have if employed correctly into a sales sales force, right? Right. And I think it will still, I think we'll always be a person to person business. Uh, I think that's what makes our industry unique, but it doesn't mean we can't use technology to facilitate person to person. Yeah. I think sure, that's- no, cause I mean, one of the, you know, one of the big things, right? Fortune is in the follow up. Right. Well, right. how am I going to keep following up with someone? Am I going to drive to their house and knock on their door every right. every evening? Right. So I do think that that first initial conversation face face to face helps transfer the knowledge. Right. You right. Know, sales is a transference of belief. But when you start following up with that person in this in this day and age, I think technology is a requirement. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I'm a well. I'm a big numbers person, and a big technology uh, has its its place. It just we can no longer ignore it. Uh, I think. Well, and then, so and again, another one of my big sayings is you know what gets measured gets gets done. Right? right. If we wouldn't have found any stats that suggest Zoom to work, we would have pitched that immediately and found right. something that did. Right. Same right. thing with with Prospect by Legal Shield or our CRM tool. If we didn't collect stats that showed that our associates or distributors that used it were more productive, we would have quickly moved on, right? So right. It's just about what digital tools are out there that do make a difference for our distributors. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, did you see any sort of issues or problems with the increase in technology? Did you have like bandwidth issues? Any any issues and how did you address those? Sure. So, I mean... And I'm not the and I'm not the Zoom or the technology maven, so I probably can't speak technical here. But of course, I mean you can only have so many people in a Zoom in a Zoom Zoom room. Right. So then you've got to make sure that how many people show up to your meeting. Or we've even had it's like, hey guys, sorry you couldn't get in. It's kind of like yes. a hopping up hopping up 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 the Zoom, right? So we had a lot of problems with that early on. It's how do you set up your meeting? to, you know, accommodate the number of people that will potentially come in. 
And of course, you've always you've always got the the clowns that want to get on your Zoom and act out. So how do you how do you manage again? Right. You know, bad actors that come into the come into the to the meeting. And then you've also got to worry about you know, I'm going to call them fraudsters, right? So right. if if you never face 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 to face and you never meet someone new on your on your on your team, and then you've got someone that just all of a sudden it's the top salesperson for the for the for the month. That can be concerning because when you don't have that face to face, you're not making that connection. You don't really know who this who this person is. There certainly is the the tendency for someone to hide behind the screen, so to, so to speak, and, you know, have nefarious actions. Yeah. Yeah. So there's always that dark side to technology. And I think you hit on it, right? That it's easier for people to not be real, right? To hide Mm -hmm. behind an avatar uh, and you don't see their face and you don't know that they are just there for nefarious reasons. Right. Um, Because I mean, at the, at, at the core, right? This is a network marketing, multi-level marketing. It's a it's a social business, right? Yeah. So it, it really wasn't designed to be all online, all electronic, all behind the screen. So it's really about how we adapt to kind of the new reality, right? right? So how do, how do we take the good good things that were social gatherings, you know, fellowship, eye to eye, belly to belly contact yeah. on the sales process? And kind of move it into the new digital tech technology age. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think we're all figuring it out as we as we go. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Uh, right. I think what we really miss is human touch. I think that's the one thing technology. When they figure that out, I guess we'll be we'll be home forever. But uh, I go. think we still need a hug. Uh, still need to see people shake their hands, it, belly to belly, as you say. Well, and um, that goes a lot of way, long, long ways toward the motivation of a right. sales sales force, right? How do you yeah. keep a large number of folks? So, I always say network marketing succeeds when you get a lot of people doing a little bit of activity consistently over a long period of time, right? Yeah. How do you make How do you make that happen? Well, it's when everyone's connected, everyone's rooting each other on, everyone's right. motivating each other, everyone's accountable to the other party. And if you haven't built that relationship and you don't know those people as friends and, you know, intimately, I mean, it's hard for me to be accountable to Nancy when, if I don't know, or I've never seen Nancy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, so, uh, maybe the, the last thing we, uh, you can maybe just tell us what's happening in general at legal shield for the last couple of years. I know you've won some awards you've expanded, I think. Yeah, no, it's like it's, I think the last time we 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 talked, we just was on the best place to work list. Ooh. We moved into the United Kingdom. We're constantly expanding our legal and identity theft bene- benefits. Um, in 2022, we're celebrating 50 years. Wow! So it'll be it'll be Legal Shield's 50th birthday next next year. So that's really exciting. We're, we're gonna have our, you know, first international convention live in Oklahoma City, kind of the birthplace of legal legal shield. That's gonna be a really exciting event. Wow, I didn't know you'd been around that long. Uh, yep, that's fantastic. 50, yeah, fifty years years young. Fifty years young. Yeah, fifty years young. That's fantastic. 
Uh, I think you also won an award for best online legal services, if I remember right. Yes, no, extremely, extremely proud of that. And we've just recently rolled out our new legal mobile application for our for our members, right? So oh, great. historically over the course of our of our history, you you called your provider law firm on the, on the telephone to speak with an attorney. Right. So now all new and our mobile app you can fill out the entire intake form you can schedule your your appointment you know exactly when the lawyer is going to call you back and we extremely condensed the amount of time between uh you know a member having a legal issue and when they're connected to a to a lawyer and no telephone needed at this point oh wow that's fantastic that's fantastic. Extremely good tech, tech, tech technology, and it's really expanding the footprint of who utilizes our membership and the member satisfaction. So we also track member satisfaction and net promoter score extremely closely. Oh, one of the know. many, many, yeah, one of the many stats that we collect, and one of the one of the, one of our main complaints or one of the main areas of concern for our members was untimely or telephone telephone tag with that with an attorney right and i don't get constant updates on my legal matter well this new mobile app fixes both of those right because now the member and the lawyer can schedule a time for that initial consultation and we send push notifications and updates within the mobile app on the movement of your intake through the through the system well that's fantastic i love hearing that you not only are one of the best places to work but that you are working on your distributor force, the net promoter score, and talking to them about what they like. You know, how, how are we doing, right? How are we doing? I think sometimes we forget to ask the rank and file in the distributor world how mm-hmm. they feel about it, right? We, we always know the top leaders, how they feel. They let us know. Right. But uh, the rank and file, I think, can we can sure, learn a everyone. lot. Sure, and, and again, we're, we are heavily data dependent if if we don't have data to me there's not a decision to make right you can only make make the right decisions when you know what it is that you're deciding on yeah and we 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 survey both our you know members of the legal identity theft plans as well as our distributors constantly and then we turn that flow that feedback back into how we improve and change the business yeah great that's fantastic Well, I want to thank you, Matt. It's always a pleasure. Uh, I've enjoyed working with you. And thank you again for sharing your time. I know you're busy. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Great, Nancy. I certainly enjoyed it and happy to talk anytime. Okay, thanks. Thank you for joining the MLM.com podcast. I'm Nancy Tobler, your host. I want to thank Leroy for his audio help every time. I appreciate them so much. This has been the MLM.com podcast, bringing you information and insight into the direct sales industry. Join us next time.